What's going on, everybody, and welcome into another edition of B-Shape Daily. Brendan Schaefer joining you here on Thursday, May 12th, early in the morning. Following a Cardinals win at Bush Stadium, 10-1, the Cardinals took down the Orioles on Wednesday at Bush Stadium. Miles Michaelis was fantastic. Seven innings of one-run baseball for Miles as he continues to be pretty much the Cardinals' most consistent, complete starter is the phrase that I used earlier tonight on Twitter, and I think it's applicable. His ERA for the season now down to 1.49, just continues to get the job done. Talks about feeling like he's in a good spot with his pitches, and Miles Michaelis is, is doing everything the Cardinals could have hoped for, and then some, as he improves to 3-1 and one on the season. Mentioned the ERA, 1.49. Seven innings, four hits, one run allowed on Wednesday, just one walk and three strikeouts. So he's not a guy that's blowing people away with with swing and miss stuff. And he's okay with that. He talked about that tonight a little bit as wanting to be a guy that utilizes his defense to the fullest potential uh, behind him. And, and he's done that and has looked really, really good for the Cardinals. But I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time tonight talking about his pitching effort because it's honestly kind of more of a ho-hum. Based on the way he's been performing, he just continues to get the job done for the Cardinals. But after I was out of town last weekend, it's been a little while since we've done an episode. And so I wanted to try to get to as many topics as I could quickly this evening before I get to bed ahead of a day game on Thursday at Bush Stadium, 12-15 start time. And so this may be something that uh, folks listen to a little later on, even after this series against the Orioles is completed. And so... I wanted to touch on the Paul DeYoung topic as the Cardinals finally made the decision to demote him to AAA and hope that he can maybe regain his swing, try to figure something out there. It felt like it was something that was a long time coming. And so on today's B-Shape Daily, we're going to touch on my, my thoughts on that as well as a little bit of discussion on some of the young players that are potentially suited to take some of the the slack that has been dropped off by Paul DeYoung and pick it up. We've seen Juan Yepes certainly burst onto the scene, and so we'll get into a little bit of his performance, as well as Brendan Donovan, who has started two games at shortstop since the demotion of Paul DeYoung. Edmundo Sosa, as of this time, still on the injured list, but expected to probably be activated by Thursday, if not for sure by Friday. Thursday being a day game, it's possible that the Cardinals wait another day and and give maybe Kramer Robertson is probably the guy that will end up going down. Give him another day in the big leagues. We'll see what they end up deciding with that. But Robertson, probably the obvious candidate right now to be sent back to AAA when Mundo Sosa returns from uh, the injured list, which is the COVID list, as the Cardinals tweeted out, and then changed it to just the regular old injured list, but they didn't give a designation, and so it's something COVID-related, but we don't know whether Edmundo had COVID or whether he was exposed or what the circumstances are for that, but he's cleared the protocols. He's had a couple of rehab games down with Springfield and AA, and so Sosa imminently will be rejoining the team. And when he does, it's going to be an interesting conversation as to whether or not he just walks right into that starting shortstop job for the time being, or whether Brendan Donovan over the last two days has done enough to maybe give himself more consideration in that spot. When they first put him into the lineup as a shortstop, Brendan Donovan, on Tuesday, I was a little bit surprised 
because I thought surely this would be the time that you would go Tommy Edmond moving into shortstop and seeing whether that could be a potential spot for him to land on a more permanent basis so that, of course, you could clear the way for Nolan Gorman to ultimately make his arrival in St. Louis later this summer. Gorman has an OPS over 1,000 still. He's cooled off a little bit recently, but 12 home runs on the season, OPS greater than 1,000 as of this recording. He's been fantastic. He's providing power. He's doing damage. Those are the things that you want. And yes, he's got the strikeout rate, and he's probably going to be that kind of hitter, even when he gets to the big leagues. He's going to be a a Joey Gallo type, perhaps, where he's going to strike out more than his fair share, but the production, the power that he has the potential to provide should offset that and then some. That's the idea behind Nolan Gorman as a, a premier hitting prospect. And so, and while I'm not going to get too deep into at all the trade, it's not even a trade rumor, but the trade concept that has been floated, Jim Bowden of The Athletic put it out there. I know J.P. Morosi talked about it some on MLB Network on Wednesday. The idea that has been floated around, not by the teams, this is not a report, but just uh, speculative people looking at the situations and saying, hey, this is a trade that could make sense. Nolan Gorman from the Cardinals to the Boston Red Sox in exchange for Xander Bogarts, the superstar hitting shortstop of Boston, who technically is on a multi-year contract at this point, but because he can opt out of that deal following the current season, there's some chatter about maybe what that might look like as he has rebuffed the potential to be signed long-term by Boston to to more of a, a full-fledged extension. Uh, they're apparently pretty far apart on the numbers there, and so people are wondering... Could the Red Sox look to move Xander Bogarts before the July 31st trade deadline? We're not going to talk about that in today's episode. Uh, In fact, I know I was just gone last weekend, but I'm going to be gone again this weekend. My anniversary is coming up this weekend, and so I will be out of town, not super locked in on what's going on with the Cardinals and probably not recording any podcast. But I do want to put one in the bag that I'll be able to release in a couple of days uh, with regard to the trade rumor specifically, or the trade concept. Would it make sense for the Cardinals to trade Nolan Gorman for Xander Bogarts, assuming Bogarts would sign then a massive extension with St. Louis? I've got a lot of thoughts on that. I think it's a really interesting conversation to have. I'll say off the top, I don't think it's anything that's necessarily imminent. Like I said, this is not a rumor or a report that's actually uh, bubbling beneath the surface. It's mostly just people taking a look at the circumstances of both teams and and saying, hey, here's something that could make sense. Cardinals, obviously, with the need to shortstop and and the circumstances are what they are with with Bogarts and Boston and not being able to find a long-term solution there. And so that's something I do want to get into in a podcast here in the next couple of few days, but it's not going to be tonight. I'm going to kind of table that conversation for now because I want to talk for now about the players on the Cardinals roster that are looking to fill the void before any blockbuster trade. And sure, you can make the argument that the Cardinals already should have called Nolan Gorman to the big leagues. I wouldn't have uh, anything to say that would be a disagreement with that. I still don't have an answer as to whether or not this is service time related because some people have asked me that and have said, are they they trying to manipulate the service time? My response has been, I don't think so. But maybe I have a misunderstanding of the way that works this year due to the, the aftermath of the lockout. Normally, the way it works is, 172 days on the big league roster is what is required to generate a full year of service time. Now, obviously, 
with the new CBA, they have put in a, an addendum that if a player finishes in a certain spot in the rookie of the year voting, uh, and, and there may be some other stipulations to that as well, but there's a way to to generate and to earn a full year of service time even if you fall short of that deadline. However, normally that is late April, and I've heard people talk about you know it, it potentially being in June. That doesn't make any sense to me. I, I'm sure that they would have had to have passed that deadline by now, but I could be wrong um, because I've been wrong before. But not going to spend a whole lot of time on that, and if anybody out there knows the answer to this, I could probably ask, but I, I have not asked the, the right person just yet. Let me know. But the where I am on Nolan Gorman and, and the fact that he has not been called up yet by the Cardinals is not to me a service time-related thing. I think it's that they know that the moment that he gets to St. Louis, they want there to be everyday playing time for Nolan Gorman. And right now, with the way the roster is set up, I don't think you have that. And it is a self-created problem that John Moselak and the Cardinals created for themselves. And they didn't need to do it. But I think we've kind of reached the point where we're wondering, what is the fit of Corey Dickerson on this roster? And and what's the long-term kind of perspective on, on where he could slot in? Because, and he did have a base hit. He started as the DH on, on Wednesday, had a hit. Has, has the batting average now up to over 200, I do believe. But it but it's not been a, a powerful batting average, right? It, it's not being supplied by a lot of slug. His slug entering the game was 204. I think that hit might have gone for a double for him. So e- either way, the, it's not going to be a, a drastic improvement there. And he was supposed to come in and be an on-base guy. And his on-base percentage is still in, in the 250 range. So not a whole lot of impact there. And for me, if you look at Corey Dickerson's numbers in recent years, home runs, power potential has not really been a major part of his game the way it was uh, when he was kind of with the Rays there in in 16 and 17. He had that all-star season in 2017. He hasn't been as much of a power producer since then, has has maintained a good on-base, has maintained a good batting average. But I think he's, he's capped as far as his upside and power potential. With what we're seeing from some of these young guys joining the Cardinals as they have, Juan Yepes, Brendan Donovan in particular, I don't know that there is a cap or a limitation for the power that these two could provide, particularly Yepes, who is is a slugger. And again, I have to go Mia culpa on the, the notion that I looked at a baseball reference page for this kid when he was 18 years old after he was traded to the Cardinals in the Matt Adams deal from the Braves, and I said, oh, this is just a throwaway. I mean, he's a, a, a teenager, non-prospect. Sure, he's got time to develop, but the Cardinals weren't thinking about Juan Yepes making it to the big leagues when they traded away Matt Adams that year. And and, I'm, and I was public about that. And I've talked on B-Shape Daily and on uh, the, the radio show on KTGR how I owe somebody a beer over that because I said, hey, if Juan Yepes ever registers a hit for the Cardinals, I'll buy you a beer. And sure enough, not only has he registered one hit, he's registered 12 hits in his first seven games as a Cardinal. That ties someone that you may have heard of, Stan Musial. Name might ring a bell. It was hilarious to hear Juan Yepes uh, have that statistic brought to his attention tonight because he said, yeah, I, I, that guy, I'll tell you what, I was looking at his numbers. He was awesome. He's amazing. And just like the awe in his voice talking about Stan Musial, which, you know, as a, a guy who from Venezuela grew up knowing and loving the game of baseball, said Miguel Cabrera was one of his idols growing up, which makes a lot of sense. And he actually got a direct message on Instagram from Miguel Cabrera after uh, hitting his first major league home runs. Miggy congratulating him on his first big league homer. 
and and just hearing him talk about the the excitement that that brings to him, knowing that a guy like Miguel Cabrera knows who I am and is following me on Instagram now. How crazy is that? Like, this guy's living his dream, and so it makes me feel kind of crummy for looking five years ago at a baseball reference page and saying, oh, the Cardinals, this trade, they're just getting rid of Matt Adams for a roster spot. This, you know, this anything they get out of this guy's a bonus, but he's not. He's never going to make it. You know, I even I had that mentality. Although tonight, when I asked Juan Yepes about hitting his first Bush Stadium home run in the game Wednesday, as he did, the Cardinals' 10-1 win over the Orioles, he he said, you know, if you'd said this to me, like, I don't know, five years ago that this all this was happening, I'd have said, nah, you're lying. And so I, I almost wanted to say, yeah, me too. I would have said the same thing, Juan, because clearly I didn't believe in you five years ago. I was one of the haters, right? And it's not that I had seen him play and decided he wasn't good enough. I I, I took one little glimpse at at what he had done in his career and at his statistics and said, oh, I, I don't see this guy on any prospect list. You know, he's not, he's probably not going to make it. Well, guess what? I was wrong, and Juan Yepes has continued to to hear those things, and, and it, it fuels his fire, and, and it as well it should. Because now there's, you, I wouldn't have a negative word to say about the guy. He is a tremendous bat, continues to just hit at every level he's been at, and he waltzes into the big leagues, and he's batting basically 500 after a week, week and a half of, of play with the Cardinals. And he could be legitimately a threat for this offense moving forward. I And again, this will dive into a little bit more when we get into the, the proposal of should the Cardinals trade Nolan Gorman for a bonafide shortstop is basically the notion of that. And part of the reasoning for, for that even becoming a, a relevant question is because we've seen the Cardinals not call Gorman up yet, but they've called up some of these other young players who have thrived. And so you might naturally wonder, well, could Gorman thrive as well? But it goes back to that fact of where are they going to play him? And if they don't move Edmund to shortstop, second base really isn't an option because you've, you've got Edmund as a gold glover there. And you've got guys like Yepes, who the Cardinals have been comfortable enough to throw into corner outfield positions as well as DH. Brendan Donovan down the road could potentially get that opportunity in a corner outfield spot, depending on how things go. Like Tyler O'Neill was not in the lineup today, and, and that's, you know, maybe something you see a little bit more of as, as he's not gotten off to the perfect start to the season that he would have hoped to, to continue on the success that he had in 2021. But these guys are just, they're, they're figuring out ways to put him in the lineup because the bat plays. That's At the end of the day, that's what it's about. But if they miss a day or two, if they end up sitting, whatever, it's not going to, I, for me, the way the Cardinals probably view this, the way I see this in my head, is that they're not viewing these guys as you've got to play them every day. You know, you stunt their development. These guys are, you know, future all-star caliber players. Like, I don't know that that Brendan Donovan is being viewed that way internally by the Cardinals. They sure they sure love what they're seeing from the guy. And, and the same goes for Juan Yepes. But, you know, Juan Yepes didn't make the team out of spring training. He had, had a, a mediocre average spring training. Didn't exactly take the bull by the horns and and assert himself with that job. And so what ends up happening is Corey Dickerson gets signed. Albert Pujols gets signed. And, and suddenly you've got a lot more competition for not only those roster spots, but those spots in the lineup once you get here. As now both Yepes and Donovan have done, and they're doing very well. Donovan reached base four times tonight, scored three runs, two doubles, two walks, OPS up to 937 following the conclusion of Wednesday's game. And so these guys are doing great. I wouldn't have pegged Brendan Donovan as a guy who could hunker down as an everyday shortstop, but you know, Alemis Diaz wasn't viewed that way either once upon a time. Paul DeYoung was not viewed as as that guy once upon a time, right? He kind of had to prove that he could could do it defensively at shortstop. 
And I'll say so far, Brendan Donovan looks the part. He had a nice turn on a double play with Tommy Edmond tonight, 4-6-3. I'm not saying that long-term that guy's going to be the solution at shortstop, but uh, the Cardinals are, are trying these things out because they do seem very hesitant to rock the boat when it comes to Tommy Edmond right now. He's doing a nice job as the leadoff man for the Cardinals. He's a gold glove second baseman. That's a that's a value and a benefit to the team. And if you go putting more on his plate, perhaps the notion is uh, you're, you might lose some of that benefit. I don't know that I believe that. I think Tommy Edmond is a smart, capable player who who is athletic enough to, to handle shortstop, and I think he could do a nice job there. But we're talking about fitting his bat in the lineup, fitting Yepes in there, Brendan Donovan. Like right now, if Brendan Donovan can play shortstop, it's maybe going to be what should happen for a little while. I mentioned that Sosa is going to be on his way back very soon, potentially as early as Thursday. And John Mozeliak had said a couple of days ago, upon the demotion of DeYoung, that Sosa was going to have every opportunity to to win this job. Well, that was two days ago. And since then, Brendan Donovan has done a really nice job. And so to the question of whether or not he would be in the lineup, did he earn a third consecutive start? John Denton of MLB.com asked that of Ali Marmal after the game on Wednesday. And Marmal didn't say yes. He he said that's something that we're gonna, you know, we're gonna look at and, and determine what tomorrow's lineup looks like here later tonight. But Donovan his last two games, three for five, four runs scored, three RBIs, two walks. So he's been on base five times. In the big one, though it came in a loss, was the home run that he hit on Tuesday night for his first major league home run. And so this is a guy that's hitting for extra bases, giving you energy. Has a, has a lot that he can bring to the table, and if he can hold down shortstop, there may not be a whole lot to talk about. We might not even have to do that Xander Bogarts podcast, right? And like I said, I don't think that's a, a highly likely scenario to take place anyway, but it'll be something fun to talk about, and so I'll try to record that podcast before I head to my uh, my weekend my next weekend trip. But with Donovan and with Yepes, these are guys that are getting the job done right now. They're bringing a spark and an edge to the Cardinals that this offense has not always had. I mean, when you've got your guys rolling, it's great. But truly, one through nine tonight, it was a sight to behold. Cardinals scored 10 runs. They had five walks, I believe, 11 hits. So you're getting on base a heck of a lot. I think the only guy who didn't get on base was Kramer Robertson, and he had an RBI ground out for his first major league plate appearance. Yachty didn't. I, I can't remember how Yachty got on base. He scored a run, but he didn't get a hit or a walk. But other than that, everybody either drew a walk or got a hit. And so the Cardinals up and down the lineup tonight were, were getting the job done. And I think you can give a lot of credit to the young guys that are providing a spark right now for for that being the case, for their ability as a lineup to get things done. You're looking at the Yepes guys and the Donovan guys as, yeah, they're, they're providing an edge to this team right now. The youth movement is real. Speaking of which, Jake Walsh on, on the relief pitching side, he was called up for Cody Whitley on Wednesday as Whitley – had a tough go in, in San Francisco, pitched again on Tuesday, and it's just a matter of I think they're trying to cycle arms through and give Walsh his opportunity, and he looked fantastic. This is maybe a guy that should be that should just be here to stay. Two innings, four strikeouts in those two innings, didn't give up a run, gave up only one hit, no walks. Kind of a, a hard-throwing guy, and he did a great job with his opportunity on Wednesday. So it's the young guys that are providing this this spark to the Cardinals that I think could be really valuable to the moving forward. And so it begs the question, guys like Corey Dickerson, again, he had a, a nice night before Albert Pujols pinch hit for him upon the, the Orioles getting into their bullpen. But Dickerson started at, at the DH position, had a good hit to left field, 
But in the long run, I just think that ends up being a superfluous spot on your roster. And while he's around, which is not to say he couldn't turn it around and be a contributor, but from what we've seen so far, he sort of feels like an ancillary piece. Whereas Gorman, if called upon, could end up being a central figure. Like, I think the team views Gorman still on a higher plane than the guys that are currently on the team like Donovan and Yepes that are having success. Like, Yepes has been inserted right into the cleanup role, and he, it's not bothering him one bit. And so maybe I'm just continuing to underestimate him in the way I've talked about him the last couple of weeks and, and even into the spring training period when it seemed like he wasn't going to make the team, and he didn't. But, it, like, the fact that he's batting cleanup right now, I don't know what his ceiling is. I, I shouldn't. Clearly, I am not the person to decide what the ceiling for Juan Yepes is because at one point in time, I said his ceiling was just to toil away in the low minors and not actually be a factor. He's proved that wrong. He's proving everything wrong right now with the way he's hitting. And he looks like a a, a damaging, legitimate bat for the Cardinals. And whether that's middle of the order down the road, I don't know whether he can hold down a corner outfield spot eventually. You kind of figure that you've got your outfield set is what makes this a little bit tricky. But O'Neill is struggling, and Dylan Carlson has struggled as well. And so those guys maybe don't have to play every day. You, I, I, I don't know what this looks like, right? The Cardinals are trying to feel their way through this the same as we are talking about it. But if Juan Yepes is going to play some in the corner outfield, I don't think he's a great fielder necessarily, but the bat certainly plays. So however you got to do it. But he's going to continue to get at-bats. Brandon Donovan clearly should continue to get at-bats while he's going the way that he is. But that means you're going to have to come up with some creativity for getting the, getting the Gorman train to roll into St. Louis. But for me, if you're not giving it bats to Dickerson, which we can debate whether or not they should be anymore, they have paid him, and he's he's having some okay games. He's actually turned it around a little bit compared to where he was. But still, you're looking at what's the upside there compared to what's the upside with giving those at bats to, say, a Nolan Gorman or a Juan Pez. They've chosen Yepes. It's clear that he's playing right now. Like, I don't think you're going to see that guy sit down anytime soon. He's not going anywhere. Brandon Donovan's safe. His roster spot appears safe. Like I said, it'll probably be Kramer Robertson that ends up heading back to Memphis when Emundo Sosa makes his arrival. Whether or not Sosa's getting playing time over Donovan, that I mean, you, you could see a scenario down the road where those two, the Cardinals kind of make a decision between one or the other. A little bit of different games, but defensively, they play similar positions. Donovan appears to maybe have a little more juice offensively, and I would I would probably give the edge defensively to Sosa for now, but Donovan's impressed so far with, with what's been put on his plate, so it's hard to say. But when I keep coming back to the Gorman question, because I know these other guys are going to have to play as well, you wonder how do they make that fit? Well, I think you make that fit by taking a long, hard look at, at Dickerson, and if you're telling yourself he's not the guy you want to put into the lineup, then, you know, maybe that answers the question for you because I could see a scenario where if they're comfortable throwing Yepes into the corner outfield every now and again, you could do it once a week for Carlson and once a week for O'Neill, as as happened tonight on Wednesday, and that's at least two days right there for Yepes. You could find a way to bleed Edmund into shortstop a couple times a week. That's the way you figure out DH at bats for Gorman. If Yepes is playing in the outfield a couple times a week, okay, Gorman's going to DH. If Edmonds going to move over to shortstop, okay, Gorman's going to play second. That's four right there if if both of those things happen twice a week. 
And then you kind of mix and match it from there as Brendan Donovan continues to demand at-bats as Albert Pujols will continue to bat against left-handed pitching only. There's no reason to start him against a righty. And if uh, we all love Albert Pujols, but if that's not something he was aware was going to take place, I, I don't know what kind of bill of goods he was sold because that should be the way that they approach this. He's had success against lefties, really has not against right-handed pitching. You've got guys like Gorman that are hit from the left side and could potentially be a, a player that mashes righties. Yepes is going to mash no matter who you put in front of him is evidently the way this is going. So I see a path for Gorman. I think the way that it, it would need to take place would be Dickerson to one way or another make his way off the roster at some point in time if he's not able to turn things around. And then the other factor would be the Cardinals just being willing sometimes to put Edmund at shortstop because that could free up enough playing time to where you're finding four or five days a week for Gorman and that could be good enough. And, and that, that could be a way that the Cardinals could really jumpstart the offense even further. But for right now, you're riding Yepes, you're riding Donovan. As I mentioned, Marmol didn't commit to Donovan in the lineup for Thursday afternoon. I sure would like to see him in there, but it, it could be possible that we see Edmundo Sosa return to the team and make that start. And he's a guy that, that's a spark plug as well. I, I don't know that his bat carries as much weight necessarily or is going to over the long run. Remains to be seen what either of these guys could do with a long run of playing time. But I feel like you have a little better example and idea when it comes to Sosa uh, because he's gotten some of that run in the past. He's 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 got talent, and he's a very exciting player. I just don't know that the upside with a, with a power perspective in mind is going to be there compared to what we've already seen from Donovan. And then Yepes couldn't be happier for the guy. Great to get to hear from him, talking about his parents, uh, giving him a call and saying they've, they've cried so many happy tears over the last week or so. And, you know, everybody watching back home on the MLB app and MLB TV and things like that, having watch parties at their house. Like, that's what it's all about. It's great to see a guy living out his dream in real time. And that's what's happening with Juan Yepes. I hope he does it again. I hope he is back in the lineup on Thursday and continues to rake for the Cardinals. We'll see what kind of decisions that forces down the line. But I appreciate you guys, as always, for listening to B-Shape Daily. Make sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Anywhere you get your podcast, you can find B-Shape Daily. Hit the subscribe button and make sure to leave a review so you can tell people how wonderful this darn podcast really is. Or like how mediocre, whatever you think about it is fine. But I appreciate you guys very much. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on B-Shape Daily. Peace.